0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, very good. How is everybody this evening? Amen. Well, God is good. It's the most wonderful time of the year almost. It's the second most wonderful time of the year, fall time. So we're getting somewhere, people. Uh, well, uh, tonight we're going to be on part five of of our spiritual warfare series called Call of Duty Spiritual Warfare. And we're talking about how we can win in this combat that we're in, because if you don't realize it or yet, it doesn't matter if you acknowledge it or not. That doesn't change the truth. We're in a war. We're, we are at battle and there is a real enemy, the devil. And, and Jesus says he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so he's real whether you acknowledge him or not, but I would suggest that all of us get on the same page here and learn how to fight this fight of faith and watch what God can do in our lives. And I want to give a, a shout out. We started our spiritual personal training this week. I've got a lot of people uh, that have hooked up with a personal trainer in the church. And uh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, I, th- I I Think we have about 18 people that are that have got a, a trainer that uh, that that they're um, that that that's working with them and they're getting them into shape spiritually and it's super exciting man I'm so glad that that many people had a desire because I told you don't sign up if you don't mean it you know it's only sign up if you're legit and you're and you're not going to waste our time. And so I've got 18 people, I believe, right now. It may be more than that, but I think 18 people that are really uh, that we're going to give them a run for their money over the next few weeks. And throw, we're challenging them. We're throwing some challenges out there, and uh, it's awesome. So anyway, we'll do this again um, later on, but this month's already started. So these guys are already they're going with it. So, Amen. I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about something uh, that we discussed slightly last week. Let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses four through five, because we looked at the armor of God for the last two weeks and we saw what each piece is, what it represents and how you can actually put it on. And so I encourage you, if you don't already know, you can listen to any sermon from the church for free online. Just go to the website. If you got an iPhone or whatever, you open up the podcast app. Go to the Android store, but it's all free, man. I love that I I, because, you know, back in the day you had to actually pay to, to, you know, put it on a CD or whatever. It costs something. So, you know, you had to sell CDs, but it's all free now because it doesn't cost it. Well, it does cost us a little bit, but not a lot to put this all online uh, for free. So take advantage of it, man. I listen to sermons every day, uh, not even just from our church, but from other people. I take advantage of the modern technology. But Second Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So they're not physical. Yeah, like I said, you can't shoot the devil with a gun. Uh, but, but listen, but they are mighty and God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And here's what I'm getting to bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And what I want to talk about is this is how one of the devil's main areas of attack is to go after your mind relentlessly as much as you'll let him. And sadly, so many people just let him. They don't do anything. They don't hold up the shield of faith. They don't get the sword of the spirit out. They just sit there and all day long, man, I've been there. The devil will do it to you. Thought after thought after thought after thought. Thoughts of fear. Thoughts of anger. Thoughts of jealousy. Thoughts of lust. Thoughts of just nasty, terrible thoughts all day long and after a while man i mean you don't even realize that it's the devil you're just like yeah man i, do, I don't like that guy you're right if i could get back at hit my would. and and yeah this and, and and you just start agreeing with it and next thing you know man the devil is winning the battle because he's attacking your thoughts well it says right here the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but it says, what do we use? We use mighty weapons through God. And if we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so you've got to figure out and we'll talk about this, how to grab those thoughts that the enemy's throwing out you those fiery darts of the wicked one. You've got to grab those and bring them in to obedience, bring them to captivity to the obedience of Christ. Not you obeying all those thoughts. You change those thoughts and you make them submit to Jesus. You make them tap out to Jesus. Amen. Um, We're being serious here because I've seen a lot of people lose it. They they've got all the resources they need, but they lose the fight in the mental area because Satan attacks them and they don't they don't take hold of those thoughts. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about depression tonight because I see the enemy attack people in that area a lot. We're talking about spiritual warfare. But I'm going to talk to you about some stuff tonight. And so the first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one is that depression is a weapon of the enemy. It's a very effective weapon of the enemy. It's one of the one of his most effective things, because when he gets you so broken down mentally and emotionally, you don't put any effort in spiritually at all. You're just like, yeah, man, I I feel so I feel so weak. I feel so defeated. I feel hopeless and a hopeless person is in bad shape. You don't, don't let the devil get that far with you. You've got to do something about this. But depression is absolutely... Obviously, you know it's not of God. But listen to me. Depression, I'm telling you right now, it's a weapon of the enemy. John 10.10. 10. Most of you know this, but let's just go there. John 10.10. 10. You need to know this verse. We want to teach you how to get victory in life. It says this right here, John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose, so Satan, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The King James says life and life more abundantly. So the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus' purpose is to give life, life more abundantly or a rich and satisfying life. So is depression a rich and satisfying life? I don't know any depressed people that are satisfied with their lives. They hate their lives. They, 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 they're, I mean, I'm not making fun of them. It's bad. I've been there. But listen to me. Having depression, having just mental anguish, being beaten down constantly in your emotions, that's a tool of the devil. And it's not life and life more abundantly. It's stealing, killing, and destroying. And it'll absolutely take you down for the count if you don't fight back. So what I need to break down is this is that depression is an attack on your soul. All right. And a lot of you, you've you've, you've heard this, but but let's just let's quickly break it down. So humans, right? We are a three part being. All we think we are is just this. We think, you know, well, I see Freddy's body. So there's Freddie. Well, that's a part of him. But the real him is on the very inside. So we're made of three parts, right? Spirit, soul and body. Why are we made in three parts? Well, according to Genesis one twenty six, it's because we're made in the image of God and God is a three-part being father, son, Holy spirit. And so if we are made in his image, then yeah, we're going to be a three-part being also. Now we are a Trinity, not the Holy Trinity. Okay. God is the Holy Trinity, but you are Trinity is a three-part being and that's what you are. And so... Depression, mental things, emotional things, that's an attack on your soul. Because your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And when the devil attacks you emotionally, that's an attack on the soul. Well, the problem is, you can't win a soul battle with a soul fight. You've got to win soul fights with a spiritual weapons. And so many of us really we, we handle we handle emotional fires by throwing more emotional fire at it. You know, they say, how do you fight fire, fight fight fire with fire? Well, that doesn't work in this realm, because if you've got rage issues trying to make yourself feel better by blowing up at people all the time, that doesn't fix the issue. If you've got depression or or other issues, yeah. Finding emotional, it just doesn't work. You're fighting a losing battle. And often, too, we try to fi- fix this soul issue just through physical means. And, and listen, there are some ways to help. I'm, I'm actually for using some medications, if you need to, for some mental things. I'm not against that. But at the same time, that cannot be your only source of protection and fighting. The main answer to depression or to taking these thoughts captive and putting them into obedience to Christ is spiritually speaking. And the sad thing is most people are fighting soul battles with more emotional tactics and it doesn't work. And so depression is absolutely an attack of the enemy. But we're not fighting it the right way. We're not fighting these, these emotional battles the right way. Because most Christians... It's such a clever trick of the devil. They don't even realize that it's from the devil. Most Christians. Now, most Christians at a church like this, they automatically identify sickness with Satan. I mean, most of you guys, you start to get a cold. You're like, no, in the name of Jesus, I bind that right now. Woo! And you cast it out. You know, you get you. You have a hangnail and you're like, oh, in the in the name of Jesus, I bind it. And like, that's good. Yes, I love it. That's awesome. It's exactly what you should do. But. When an emotional attack comes, you don't do anything about it spiritually. You just sit there and take hit after hit after hit. Now, if it was sickness, if it was a disease, you know exactly what to do. You fight it off. But when it's emotionally, you're like, man, I'm oh, man, I, I, it, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. That'll help me feel better. I just need to blow up and get it all out. That's not going to fix. That's not going to make it feel better. What's going to deal with the root of the issue is to bring every thought captive To the obedience of Christ. You need to recognize. Where emotional. Torment and depression. Comes from. Let's look at Psalm 23. Let's go there. Psalm 23. I promise we're talking about spiritual warfare. But hey I know. That the majority of the populace. Deals with with this battle. I I know it. Psalm 23. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. But we've got to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Psalm 23. You may be thinking, well, how does this deal with, with this? Listen to me. Look at verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And the Hebrew literally means I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. What else do I need? I've got everything I need right there. Verse two says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So when I read that verse, I'll read it this way. He restores my mind, my will and my emotions. I don't have to be emotionally shattered anymore. I don't have to be an emotional basket case because the Lord is my shepherd. Now, if something else is my shepherd, then I'm in trouble. It, if, if, you know, uh, if my friends and my buddies, if my uh, my mom and dad, if my wife, if if they are my shepherd, they're good people and I love them all. But they were not called to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, I've got everything I need right there. Even I have him restoring my soul. I remember one time I was in a, in a case. Maybe you've been in a situation like this where you're like. I just don't have the will to go on in this anymore. I've, I've, I've fought all I can fight. I'm, I, I don't know. I, fine. I just throw in the towel. You've lost your will to go on. Well, your will, that's part of your soul. And so I started reading this verse. I'm like, you know what? The Lord, you, you said that you would restore my will to go forward. You said that you would restore my will to fight on and get the victory in this. And I'm telling you, when I let the Lord, when I let the shepherd restore my soul, restore my will to fight on, it changed everything. And some of you, you may be like, I just I'm in that. I, I don't even care anymore. I don't I don't have the will to even keep doing this anymore. Listen, you need the shepherd to restore your soul, to restore that fight within you to keep pressing forward and going on. And so I'm telling you right now, the answer to any emotional or problem or depression or anything else, it's Jesus. You you know this, but but you need to get you need to really know this. You need to not head know it, you need to heart know it. And so let's look at number two because the first thing is depression is an attack from the enemy. Second, you need to resist it in the name of Jesus. You need to resist it, man. You need to be good at resisting things. Have you ever seen like a quarter or a a running back in football? Someone goes to tackle him. He gives him a good stiff arm and just shoves him away. He's resisting that guy, man. And it may be someone that's bigger and and tougher than him. But some of these running backs, man, they'll just they'll resist them and and shove them right off. And I see that's how we are with the devil, man. We're running the race and he comes up and a lot of us were like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, you just let him run right beside you and become your running partner. You need to stiff arm that guy, man. Shove him. Resist him. Come on. So James 4, 7. Let's look at this. James chapter 4, verse 7. And I tell you, a lot of your problem is that you haven't resisted the devil. Yes, I have. Well, no. Obviously not. Or at least you haven't obeyed all of James 4, 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4, verse 7. We're talking about you've got to resist in the name of Jesus. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, will, is that a definite word or does that leave some room for this may not actually work? We're going to go ahead and put this in here, but there is a chance that this won't work, even if you do everything this said. No, the word of God definitely works. If we really do what it says. And so I know people, i read that verse to them. And I did that. Nothing happened. You resisted the devil. But I know you. You did not submit to God first. It says, therefore, submit to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. And there's a lot of people that are little rebels, man. They're not submitting to God. They're calling the shots. They're their own shepherd. They are. Are, there are some people that they are their own shepherd. They they're totally, man, they're leading their, they're, they're calling all the shots. They're not submitted to anybody. They may show up to church or they may whatever, but the Lord is not their shepherd as much as they'd like to say that. We're, you know, this goes back to what we're teaching about disciples on Sunday. But listen, no doubt about it. James 4, 7 is true. If you submit to God you, and you really do submit to God and you resist the devil, he has To flee from you. But you've got to be honest with yourself. Because I know a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves. And we're like, I tried that. I mean, gosh. You know, some people are like, okay. Lord, I'm going to finally give you a shot here. I'm going to really do what the Word says. There's a commercial break. So you've got three commercials to completely change my life. Let's go. You you quote scriptures for the commercial break. And then that's not submitting to God. That's... (laughs) That's not being a disciple. That's, listen to me. It's going to take a little more from you than that. Because we want maximum results for minimum effort. We want to, you know, we want to take the diet pill but never exercise and expect to get, you know, a six pack of abs. Come on. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to put a little bit of effort in. And some of us are like, man, I want the rich and satisfying life. I want all the blessings of God. But I just don't want to really do what it takes. I want somebody else to read the Bible for me. So I get get the prayer team to pray for me. uh, And man, I've got it made. You're going to have to do something yourself. okay? listen, you can't get in my perfect shape. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But praise the Lord. Got the old gut there. All right. So resist in the name of Jesus. And listen to me. It doesn't work if you're not submitted to God. And I think a lot of times that we mentally acknowledge that there's power in the name of jesus but we don't truly get the revelation in our spirit i'm going to say that again because man i've been doing this for a while now i'm starting to learn i can just say some really christian things and you all will say amen but you got that there's nothing going on behind the eyes look on your face you know what i mean and so there's power in the name of jesus amen amen, amen. all right don't just say it with your head listen to me don't 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 just mentally acknowledge it for real Legit, No doubt about it. Who believes for real? There is power in the name of Jesus. You don't just you don't just have it up here. Like, yeah, I agree with that statement. No, you got it in your heart because there's a lot of things I found out from God's word. I have acknowledged them with my mind, but I didn't have the revelation in my heart. And so I never did walk in that fulfillment of God's promise until I got it in my heart. Because you're not supposed to believe with your head. You're supposed to believe with your heart, right? You say with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Well, listen, a lot of us, we've been in church so long or we've just been around this forever that we're like, oh, hey, duh. Yes, of course, there's power that everybody knows that. But you've got to really get it in your heart. You can't just let this slip past you. There is power in the name of Jesus. So let's turn to Luke chapter ten. There's a big difference between simply acknowledging something as a fact and truly getting the revelation of it. You know, I I I use this, but I often think about gravity. I mean, seriously, we're all like, yes, we all know what goes up must come down. We we all get it, but but some you got to. It's one thing to realize that that's a fact, but sometimes you learn you learn the hard way that 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 it's a real thing. You get the revelation of it when you go up high and you fall off of something, right? I mean, sometimes we learn the hard way and I don't want it to be that way with our spiritual walk because sometimes we don't learn some of these things until we're in the middle of the battle and we're pleading for mercy and begging and that wasn't God's will. He wanted you to learn it way before then. But I was thinking about this one time uh, when I was, I don't know, probably like 11 or 12. My brother here had this amazing idea that he was going to get into great shape. And so he wanted to do squats like at midnight, but he wanted me to get on his shoulders. Remember this? (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. And so we're in the living room at midnight and Josh squats down. He's like, just get on my shoulders. I'm like, Okay And, And he goes up. And and he started to lose balance. I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, whoa. And he drops me. I did a face plant on the hardwood floor. Like, oh, I always knew that gravity was a fact, but I got the revelation of gravity that night. I mean, I I'm convinced that this stuff is real. You can't you can't persuade me otherwise. And you should be just as convinced that the name of Jesus is real as you are, that you don't get on your brother's back and do squats when he tells you to. Don't do it. Luke 10, verses 17 through 19. And I refer to this passage quite often because (laughs) this is really, really good for us. Luke 10 Verse 17 it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And Jesus said, Really? Oh my goodness. Oh, no. Jesus wasn't surprised. He told them to go use his name. And even the demons obeyed. And he wasn't even the least bit surprised. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. That's good stuff right there, man. He said, I have given you the authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Look at this. Jesus said, you can go out and use my name. Do it. Use my name. And so the disciples, they come back and yeah, sure enough. They use the name of Jesus and even the demons had to obey them with the name of Jesus. They were shocked. But Jesus said, use my name. I want you to. I am giving you authority over all the power, all the authority of the enemy. That's a big deal right there. That's something that you need to not take lightly. And a lot of Christians, they do not have this revelation. They don't. They probably don't even know the Luke 10, 19 is in the Bible. I mean, they, they've read over, it, but they skimmed right over it. Listen to me. Jesus told you. I'm talking about how to win mental and emotional torment. I'm talking about how to win some battles. Is, you already agreed with me on this, but is depression, is emotional torment of the devil? You don't sound convinced. Is emotional, is emotional torment, depression, anxiety, stress, fear, is that of the devil or of God? so the devil. Well then that would fall under Luke 10:19. He said I've given you authority over all the power of the devil, all the power of the enemy. So there it is. You've got some answers right here. But the problem is, we're not using the name of Jesus or when we do, we're not really using it in faith. And so let me show you again, Matthew 18:18. 18, 18. Now you need to understand how big of a favor I'm doing you tonight. I'm showing you some of the most powerful verses that you could get a hold of. For real. We're amping up the power. Luke ten nineteen and Matthew eighteen eighteen and John ten ten. If you're not writing these down, man, I I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. You need to be writing this stuff down. I am absolutely doing you a real solid, and I'm just being for real. If you need to get these verses, this is some. of This is the answer to so many of your situations. I'm gonna hand it to you tonight. So Jesus said, I've given you the authority over all the power of the enemy. Matthew 18, 18. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven or whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And so I like this word forbid. Because there's some things that I just used to put up with. Oh, man, here it comes again. But I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. You mean I can use the name of Jesus and like forbid this from happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, well, it's not that easy. Pretty much. Yeah. You just got to believe in the name of Jesus when you say it and not be a little sissy. And then like, well, I hope this works. You got to really stand up and have some guts about you. But listen to me. When you forbid things in the name of Jesus, he said, would you forbid it on earth? I'll forbid it up here in heaven, man. Woo. That's good right there. And so I'm telling you, when depression and anxiety and fear and stress try to come knocking on my door, oh, it's you. I forbid you from entering this household. Man, the J-dubs came to my house a while back. The Jehovah's Witnesses. They wanted to come in and talk to me. Uh, I forbid it. <laughs> They're like, that's mean. Well, I forbid it. So you can't come into my house if I forbid it. And, 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 and listen, you have authority over your Life. You can forbid things in your life. Absolutely. Things that you've put up with for a long time. But yet again, I say, you've gotta be submitted to God. You don't just go around doing this and you're, and you're not ever living for God. You're, I mean, you know what the Word says, but you're absolutely disobeying it and you don't even care. That's not submitted to God. You're gonna get your lunch handed to you. I'm talking about, if you're submitted to God, you can resist the devil in the name of Jesus. He will flee. You can bind him in the name of Jesus. You can forbid him from entering in and he will have to obey. But you have to be submitted to God. Amen. And so I'm saying you need to resist the devil in the name of Jesus. And the third thing we're going to say, and this is spiritual warfare. We're talking about spiritual warfare. The call of duty. Number three tonight is you need to receive the joy of the Lord. Or you need to walk in the joy of of the Lord. Like, well I can't. Well, are you saved? Okay, then you should have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace. When you got I mean, these things almost fall in order here. Well the first thing that you're going to see when someone's truly saved is you'll see love in their lives. You'll see someone that maybe used to be someone of complete hate and now they they've got love in them. And 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 it's, uh, that's the fruit of the spirit. You're like, Well, obviously, yeah, they're saved. They got love going on. But the love, then all of a sudden, I mean, they've got joy and that joy leads to peace. That's a beautiful thing to have right there, man. Love, joy, peace, patience. This is all good stuff that you need. So walking in the joy of the Lord. Satan is the opposite of God, we would say. And joy is the opposite of depression. You ever see somebody that's like, you know, uh, just jumping up and down? Woo, man, I feel so good today. That guy must be depressed. Well, all signs point to no. You know, or you see someone that's just like, man, I'm in the dumps, man. Well, you got the joy of the Lord right now. I feel it all over you. Whoa. Woo. No, no. Satan's the opposite of God. And I can tell you that joy is the exact opposite of depression. And so a verse, man, I'm going to do you another favor. Who wants me to just do you another favor tonight? I'm feeling. Yeah. Nehemiah 810. You should know this verse. Nehemiah 810. It's a really long verse, but we're going to get down to the last part of it. Nehemiah 810. And if you don't know where Nehemiah is, well. Keep flipping, but we're probably just going to read it. (laughs) Nehemiah 8 and verse 10. Who has the joy of the Lord? Absolutely, man. I'm telling you. We've got the joy of the Lord. Here we are. Nehemiah 810. And the, the last part of this verse, it says this. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So I'm telling you right now. Joy will give you strength. The strongest people I know, spiritually speaking, are people of great joy. They have joy. Well, if joy makes you strong, what do you think depression does to you? Makes you weak. And so I know a lot of people, man, they're good people, great hearts, but somehow the devil has just got a hold of them in this area, and the fiery darts, man, they've been landing He's been he's been showering them with these fiery darts from Ephesians six. And they're just t- 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 landing all over them. And after a while, man, they are so emotionally wore out that they are they're weak. They've got no strength left. I mean, then they 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 quit coming to church. They quit doing this. they 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 quit reading their Bible. They they maybe pray every now and then. And they are so weak, not making fun. We're, we're being serious. It's a sad thing to see. But listen to me. When we will walk in the joy of the Lord, it will begin to strengthen you, man. You'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. Well, how do you do this? Well, there's many ways, but I'll tell you this much. You're not going to get joy if you don't have time in the word. You have to have time in God's word. And another way to bring joy, listen to me, is to sing praises and worship God because music does something to the emotions that's why people you know they listen to music for whatever mood they're in i mean if, if they're feeling you know if they're feeling down they'll listen to some emotional music and some sad stuff and and it just toys with their soul and their emotions and it, and, and music has a crazy effect on the soul but powerful worship music praise music i'm telling you man. It cracks through whatever the devil tried to put on you, and you break through some barriers. If you're feeling down, you need to start singing praises. I guarantee you that'll lift. It, and I, I can say that it's worked 100% of the time for me, 100%. Never one time have I been going through depression and, and, and anxiety and stress. Not one time ever. This has been 100% of the time. If I've started singing praise songs to Jesus and lifted my head up and quit looking down at my feet, listen to me. Every single time it's broken through that. And I've received the joy of the Lord a hundred percent of the time. And so joy you got to realize, and I'm probably not going to go into this real deep because I've done this a hundred times, but you realize that joy and happiness are not the same thing, right? Because most people, they, they think, yeah, man, I'm really happy. I've got joy. No happiness is an emotion. That means it can change. It can be taken away from you, but joy can't be taken away from you. You can give it up. But no one can take it. Well, why is that? You can just throw this on the screen. John 16, Write it down. John 16, 22. Jesus said, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. So when Jesus gives you joy, no one can rob that from you. Now, you can choose to let it go. A lot of people do. But the devil can't rob the joy from you. He's going to try to, but he can't do it. People. If they can, they're going to come in and try to steal your joy. Don't let them don't let them joy and happiness are not the same thing because nobody can take your joy away, but nearly anybody can take your happiness away. Someone you've never even met can take your happiness away. They can come in and do something rude to you or slam the door on you or steal your parking spot. And all of a sudden now your day, your whole day's ruined. some of you, that's enough to ruin your entire week, whatever the case is. But listen to me, that's why is that? Because that's happiness. You were having a great day. You were really happy that somebody came in and just emotionally, and now your happiness is gone. But nobody can take your joy away. And so, yeah, I, I of course, we all want to be happy, but I, I don't seek happiness. I seek the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And have you ever known someone that's going through a terrible circumstance, but you didn't, you, know, you didn't know it? And you found out later on and you're like, oh, you, uh, you went through that? I never even knew it. Why is that? They had the joy of the Lord the whole time. So they weren't out telling everybody about it. They weren't out, you know, trying to, you know, get everyone to feel sorry for them and draw attention to themselves. And, you know, hey, there's a place for compassion, but I'm not a huge fan of just trying to draw attention to yourself. And so there's a lot of people, though. They live in defeat after defeat after defeat. They've got all the same answers we have. They've got the word of God. They've got it all right there, but they're on Facebook. They're on wherever they're on the Internet. They're everywhere. They're telling as many people as they possibly can about their problems. And my gosh, if they would tell as many people about Jesus as they did about their problems, they'd be Billy Graham. They'd be an amazing evangelist. If they could preach Jesus as much as they preach their troubles. Wow. This whole world would be saved. My gosh, man, I'd be I'd be in heaven right now. I went out to endure another Barstow summer anyway. Where's Robert? He ain't stealing my joy. All right. Proverbs 10 28, last verse, Proverbs 10 28. So we're reading this, Paul writing the book of Philippians, obviously. And so he was in prison writing this, and yet Paul kept saying, you know, they call this the joy epistle. Paul was going through a bad time, but he kept saying, rejoice, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And he, and he kept using joy and rejoice. Um, I don't think I wrote it down, but I've counted how many times he used the phrase rejoice or joy and, and all this stuff. And, and it's more times in this tiny little book than any of his other epistles. Yeah, he was in a bad, bad place. Well, why is that? It's because Paul wasn't a happy person. Paul was a joyful person. And you can be going through a terrible situation that the devil could absolutely use to take you down But if you know how to fight the spiritual battle, you're going to let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Every time the devil puts a bad thought in your mind, you're going to answer it with the word of God. You're going to resist him. He's going to come up, but you're going to actually resist him and do something about it. And you're going to sing praise songs. Notice in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they were beaten to a pulp and locked up in the inner dungeon, right? What did they start doing? They started praying and singing hymns. Acts sixteen. We're get at it sometime. Verse twenty seven. They're in there, they're 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 beaten, they're a bloody mess, and they're about I mean they're almost beaten to death, and they start singing worship songs. And I mean they get built up, they're pumped up, and the Lord sends an earthquake and shakes the whole prison to its foundation, and next thing you know, hey, they're out of the prison. But Proverbs ten verse twenty-eight, I've got this in the NIV, it says, The prospect of the righteous is joy. But the hopes of the wicked Come to nothing. And so, well, what's the prospect for you, Pastor Dave? The prospect for me is joy. I don't care what the forecast says for anybody else. The forecast for me this week is joy every single day for the rest of the week. I mean, I don't care what anything else is going on. uh, But but I can tell you this much. I'll have the joy of the Lord and the devil's going to try to come. He'll probably come just like he does to you guys. He'll probably try to shoot some fiery darts my way by the end of the night. But guess what? I'm going to resist him. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to be submitted to God. He's going to have to flee. I'm going to forbid him from entering my home when he knocks on my door. I'm going to actually take my authority from Luke 10:19 over all the power of the enemy. And listen to me when he tries to bring depression, when he tries to bring mental distress and anxiety and emotional terror upon my life, it will not work because I've got the joy of the Lord and I've got the name of Jesus and I'm not afraid to use it. I will use it and I'm going to win victory every single time because I always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. We better quit there for tonight. We're out of time. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.